0: Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton.
1: If you or I deny God's Word and elevate the opinions of man over what the Word of God says, you will never experience the blessings of God on your life. You just won't. You will find your spiritual life to be like a desert, and you will find yourself just kind of wandering around in a spiritual desert. God has
0: blessed us with the Bible. It was written by men and women through inspiration of the Holy Spirit and is meant for us to study and keep close to our hearts. We are to glean wisdom and understanding from its pages and learn more about Jesus through it. Today, Pastor Dan warns you that if you lose sight of this, and begin to deny God's Word, you will never experience the blessings of God in your life. Have you elevated the opinion of man over God's Word? Put the Bible back in its proper position. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jude, chapter 1, for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
1: to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt afterward, destroyed those who did not believe. This is referring back to Numbers chapter 13 and 14, if you're taking notes. God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. He delivered them miraculously. He brought them through the desert miraculously. He provided for them miraculously while they were in the desert. He led them miraculously. And God promised to give them the land of Canaan. That's why it's called the promised land, because God promised to give it to the children of Israel. He described it as a land flowing with milk and honey, meaning it's a land of abundance and fruitfulness and a land of great blessing. And if you remember this story, God brought the children of Israel all the way to the edge of the promised land. They were about to go in, and they came to a place called Kadesh Barnea, Numbers 13 and 14. And it was at Kadesh Barnea that the people, not God, it wasn't God's idea, that the people said, we want to send 12 spies into the land first to check out the land, to see if it really is a land flowing with milk and honey like God said. God didn't need to go check out the land. He knew what was in the land. Here he is, he's trying to bless them by bringing them into their own land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and the people said, we want to spy out the land first instead of just believing God's word to them. And you remember they send in the 12 spies, 12 spies come back, two of the spies, Joshua and Caleb, they've got a good report. They say, let's go take the land. But then the 10 spies, they come back and they have a bad report. Interesting in their bad report, they say the land is just as God said it is. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. Remember, they brought back the grapes, and they've got this big grape. Two guys got to carry the bunch of grapes. It is just as God said it is. They know His word is true. But then they said, the people in that land are strong. So there's giants in that land, and they'll crush us like grasshoppers. And there's walled cities in that land. And the whole nation, 2 million people, believed the testimony of those 10 spies over the testimony of God. They elevated the opinion of 10 men over the opinion of God, over the word of God. God said, I'm going to give you the land. And they believed man over God and if you remember, they didn't enter into the promised land. They all died in the wilderness in their unbelief, the Bible says. And what Judah's saying with this example is, because they didn't believe God's word, they denied his word, and they elevated the opinions of men above the word of God, they never experienced the blessings that God had for them. They never experienced the blessings that God had for them. If you or I deny God's word and elevate the opinions of man over what the word of God says, you will never experience the blessings of God on your life. You just won't. You will find your spiritual life to be like a desert, And you will find yourself just kind of wandering around in a spiritual desert in circles, going nowhere. And you will never experience the blessing of God or the abundant life in Christ that Jesus Christ promises to every believer. And Jude says to us, he says, Hey, look at the history. Go back and read your history book. Go back and read your Old Testament. The second example from the Old Testament, verse 6, And the angels who did not keep their proper domain but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. Now, there's a couple possibilities of what this refers to. Some things it refers to the Genesis chapter 6. I think it seems to refer to the fall of Satan from heaven. Uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 18, Jesus Uh, refers to the fall of Satan from heaven, saying, I saw Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Uh, The Bible uh, shows us that Satan was once an angelic being in heaven, serving God, but then he rebelled against God, he rebelled against God's authority, he exalted himself, and that's described in Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 to 14, if you want to look it up later. But it's there where Satan, or Lucifer as he's called there, he exalts himself, And he says, I will be the most high. He already had an exalted position as an angel, as an angelic being in heaven, but he wanted the most high position. That wasn't good enough for him. And so he exalted himself. And he wanted to exalt himself above God. And we're told in Revelation chapter 12, verse 4. Again, we can't turn there right now, but we want to write that down that when Satan fell, one-third of the angels rebelled with him against God and against God's authority. That's where the demons came from. That's what verse 6 is referring to when it says, they did not keep their properest domain that God had given them, but they left their own abode. And then it says in verse 6, And now he has reserved an everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great By not keeping their proper domain, their God-given place, they are now in chains, awaiting judgment. What's the lesson there? What's the lesson for us with this second example? Rebelling against God's authority does not lead to freedom. Rebelling against God's authority, it does not lead to freedom, it leads to bondage. The world tells you that you can just, you know, pursue your whatever you want to pursue, and you're free. But what the Bible tells us and what reality tells us is that rebelling against God's authority does not lead to freedom it leads to bondage it's a lie that you can live however you want and experience true freedom and true fulfillment Just read the book of Ecclesiastes In Ecclesiastes Solomon he went out and he experienced all that this world has to offer I mean just off the charts everything imaginable under the sun, he experienced it. And he said it left him feeling empty and frustrated in his life until he came back to God, until he came back to God. True freedom and fulfillment comes through obeying God and submitting to his authority over your life as your creator, as your father in heaven, and staying in your proper domain, so to speak, being what God made you to be. You were created for His pleasure, having a relationship with Him, walking in His ways. That's where you find freedom, and that's where you find fulfillment. That brings us to our third illustration here. Third illustration, it's found in Genesis chapter 19, and it's verse 7. As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in a similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, are set forth as an example, example to us, suffering the vengeance of eternal life. Uh, Back in verse 4, if you remember, Jude told us that these ungodly men, they turned the grace of God into lewdness. That word lewdness, uh, it means to, um, to practice sin without shame. To practice sin without shame. It usually refers to sexual immorality. That was Sodom and Gomorrah. They were lewd. They practiced their sin without shame. They were were brazen about it. And it says here in verse 7 that the men of Sodom and Gomorrah were given over to their sexual immorality. Specifically, homosexuality. That's what's meant by they went after strange flesh. Your translation might say they had unnatural Desires referring to their homosexuality. And listen to me. Everyone in those cities, Sodom and Gomorrah, everyone was sexually immoral. It was normalized there. It was accepted. If you did a poll in Sodom and Gomorrah, 99% of the people would vote for it. It was legal. It was even expected if you remember the story that visitors to that city would also adopt the morals of Sodom and Gomorrah and participate in it as well. And here's the point. That didn't make it right in God's eyes. As much as it was accepted by the culture and embraced by the culture, as normalized as it was, it didn't make it right in God's eyes and God judged them for it. There are many things in our culture, not just sexual immorality or homosexuality, but there are many things in our culture and our country that are legal and that are popular and that are practiced by a majority of the population that are condemned by God's Word.
0: We'll return to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to extend a special invitation to our listeners.
1: If you've enjoyed the messages on Ring of Truth, I'd like to personally invite you to join us this Sunday at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just five minutes from Routes 29, 95, and 100. I'd love for you to come be part of our time of worship and Bible study this weekend at 9 or 11 a.m. I always enjoy meeting listeners of Ring of Truth, so please be sure to introduce yourself to me after church. To find out more information and to get directions, visit our website at calvaryec.com.
0: Thanks, Pastor Dan. That website again is calvaryec.com. We look forward to seeing you. Now, back to today's message.
1: God will judge people for those things. And God is not going to judge people according to the laws of the United States of America. And God's not going to judge people according to popular opinion or what's accepted in the culture. He's going to judge according to his word. And what's the lesson here with Sodom and Gomorrah? What's Jude's lesson for us? The lesson is if we turn God's grace into a license for sin, God's going to judge the sin. Even if we chalk it up to grace and say, yeah, but I I prayed to receive Christ and I believe in Jesus and he understands and he accepts me. Paul says, don't be deceived. The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. He's writing that to believers. The license, we can't use the grace of God for a license to sin. It doesn't get us a free pass on sin. You can't just live however you want and then say, oh, it's grace. It's covered by grace. Likewise, verse 8 All these dreamers, he calls them dreamers. And he's saying they're dreaming. <laughs> They're dreaming if they think they can live however they want and God accepts it. Or they're dreaming if they think they can just reject the parts of God's truth that they don't agree with. They're dreaming. Likewise, all these dreamers defile the flesh. They reject authority. They speak evil of dignitaries. Yet Michael, the archangel, in contending with the devil when he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not bring against him a reviling accusation but said, the Lord rebuke you, but these speak evil of whatever they do not know. He said, verse says they don't even know what they're talking about. And whatever they know naturally, like brute beasts in these things, they corrupt themselves. I don't know if you notice here, but Jude really likes to use some obscure passages out of the Old Testament here. Some of these you're reading, you think, what is he even talking about here? This Verse 9 is referring back to Deuteronomy 34.6 when Moses died and his body was buried in Moab uh, in an undisclosed location so that the people of Israel wouldn't uh, turn it into a place of idolatrous worship or begin to worship his bones as relics and turn it into idolatry. And, and apparently God assigned Michael the archangel the job of uh, burying the bones of, of Moses in an undisclosed location and the devil disputed for those bones because the devil wants people to turn to idolatry. So that's what's being referred to here in verse 9. And and the point that he's making here, he says in verse 8 that these ungodly men, they speak evil of dignitaries, you know, they, they speak evil of the apostles, the leaders in the church. They're dissent on the apostles. And and he says here, Michael the archangel didn't even speak disrespectfully to the devil, right? He he said, the Lord rebuke you. These ungodly men, they speak disrespectfully to, to God's leaders. And the church, he says in verse 10, they're ruled by their flesh. They're like animals. Just whatever their flesh desires, that's what they're pursuing. Our final three Old Testament examples here. Verse 11, woe to them. For they have gone in the way of Cain, they have run greedily in the era of Balaam for profit, and they perished in the rebellion of Korah. So first, the way of Cain. What is the way of Cain? This is Genesis chapter 4. If you remember the story, Cain and Abel, they both brought an offering to God, to the Lord. Cain brought an offering of crops. Abel brought an animal sacrifice. Cain's offering was rejected by God. Abel's offering was accepted. The way of Cain is trying to worship God on your own terms. That's what Cain did. God, at some point, told them that they're to bring an animal sacrifice as an offering, but he chose not to do that. He decided to bring crops. And he was trying to worship God on his own terms terms. That's what the way of Cain is. Instead of worshiping God according to God's terms, it's trying to worship God according to your own terms. And God doesn't receive it. God rejects it. We don't make up the rules. God does. And we have to play by His rules. And these false teachers that Jude warns about, they were essentially saying that you you can make up your own terms in your relationship with God. That you're the one who decides. And and again, you can live how you want and be a believer and still have a relationship with God and you can have this lifestyle or live in this lifestyle of sin and embrace the parts of the Bible that you like and agree with and just ignore the parts of the Bible that you don't really agree with and God accepts you. And that's you making your own terms. And what Jude says here is, that's not true. God doesn't accept that. Just take a look at Cain. Next, there's the error of Balaam. Error of Balaam, that's in Numbers chapter 22. Uh, Balaam was a prophet of God. And then the king of Moab, he he was fearful of the children of Israel because they were so great in number. And the king of Moab came to him and offered Balaam a large sum of money if he would declare a curse upon the children of Israel, upon God's people. And Balaam prayed about it and asked God, and God told him not to do it. And Balaam did it anyways, because he was greedy. That's what it's talking about here, the the greedily and the error of Balaam for profit. He wanted the money. God warned him not to do it more than once. God even sent a talking donkey to tell him not to do it. And he just ignored the word of God and went about his way, doing something he knew was contrary to God's will for him, and he hoped that God would bless it and fulfill his wish of declaring this curse upon the children of Israel. And of course, it didn't work. It didn't work for Balaam, he wasn't successful. So, what's the error of Balaam? Balaam ignored the word of God to satisfy his own desires. Balaam ignored the word of God to satisfy his own desires, to satisfy his own greed, and he thought God would bless him in spite of him ignoring God's word. And God didn't. And again, that's the lesson for us. If you you engage in something that you know is against the will of God, it's clearly against his word, and yet you think that God is still going to just bless your life And have his hand of blessing upon you, Jude would say to you, take a look at Balaam. It didn't work out for Balaam that way. Final Old Testament example the rebellion of Korah, maybe the best example. Save the best for last for you. This is from Numbers chapter 16. Korah was a Levite, uh, so he had a, a God designated place of service. But then Korah led a rebellion against the leadership of Moses and Aaron. And he gathered a group of people to himself that rebelled against Moses and Aaron and didn't like Moses and Aaron being the leaders over Israel and accused them of taking this responsibility on themselves. When really it's God who appointed Moses and Aaron to be the leaders of Israel. So really Korah rebelled against God's authority, God's order. God-given authority. And Korah rebelled. And if you know the story, you know what happened. God opened up the earth. <laughs> he opened up the earth and swallowed Korah and all those that were with them, and all of their stuff and had the earth just close in over top of him and Korah just disappeared. Isn't that awesome? And I remember the first time I read that in the Bible. God will deal with the Korahs in your life. If you let him. You know, when, when Korah challenged the, the leadership of Moses, you know what it says Moses did? He fell on his face before the Lord. And if you do that with the Korahs in your life, God will make them just disappear. They may not swallow up the earth, although that would be very cool, but it'll just make them disappear. They'll move away. They'll get transferred to a different department. They'll get a different cubicle or something, but they'll just disappear. All of these Old Testament examples teach us that God does not bless and God does not accept those who turn the grace of God into a license for sin or who deny the truth of God. It doesn't bear fruit in a person's life. It just doesn't bear fruit. And there's a lot of people, a lot of teachers out there teaching that stuff. And that's why it's important for you and I to to earnestly contend for the faith that was delivered to us in the word of God the faith that saves us the faith that sanctifies us and the faith that is keeping us until the day of Christ Jesus he asked me how i know and i say
0: Jude encourages you to not only know when God's Word is being abused, but to stand up for the truth. It urges you to know the Bible from the moment God created the world to the beginning of life eternal with Him and without evil. Take some time today to read for yourself what the book of Jude has to share, as well as the rest of Scripture. Then you can know for sure what's true and what's being put forth as a lie. We're so glad you joined us today on Ring of Truth to study this New Testament letter with Pastor Dan Sexton. If you'd like more information on this ministry or to continue to listen to teachings from God's Word, visit CalvaryEC.com. We'd enjoy meeting you too. If you're in the Baltimore, Washington area, you're invited to join us here at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just a few minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. You can find out more at our website. Again, that's calvaryec.com. Would you do us a favor? Would you join us in praying for the ministry of Ring of Truth? Please pray for Pastor Dan and everyone involved in this program that we would continue to listen and respond to what our Heavenly Father has to say. Pray, too, for those listening that they would know Jesus and surrender to His love. Thanks for praying, and thanks for tuning in to Ring of Truth.